Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created the space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Hello. It feels like it has been such a long time since I shared an episode and I haven't looked back to see when that was. Um, so as I think some of you know, I lost my, my laptop completely just went blank. Nothing. There's not there was and I still haven't been able to get anything off it. So my recordings, um, all my files to do with the podcast, all of the dates booked for the next 18 months, weekly, and bi-weekly for the next six months, I have gone out of my calendar. So that is what I've been trying to do. That is more important to make sure that people know that I'm not blanking them or haven't forgotten them. Um, but in saying that, if I, I'm just going through emails to try and see who I booked in, and I'm definitely going to miss a few people. So if I booked you in, to share your birth story and I haven't been in touch send me an email let me know and I will just put it in my calendar so I can send you that zoom link and I don't double book people because that's um I've kind of lost control of the calendar I have everyone that has sent me an email or I've had a chat with I think I have in my calendar but please prompt me please get in touch if I if we spoke and I booked you in and you have a date please remind me of that date I I just didn't realize I wasn't um, backing everything up so I have learnt and I now have everything on my phone so I can look at my calendar on my phone and I didn't have the two connected which, which is just silly I'm married to an IT man he does all IT stuff and he just assumed that I knew this anyway we have all along with everybody else been been battling sickness like constant sickness for about six weeks now and we've been on with three of, out of four of us have been on antibiotics with very poor results. So I'm sorry if things have been slacking between <laughs> updating. Like I have so much that I'd love to do. But unfortunately right now life is just 
far too important in my house and with my family um, that I can't pull myself away to get these bits done. Or if I do have time, it's to rest or do something um, else. I just can't really focus on the podcast as much as I would like to. But I know the time is coming when I can. Um, so I probably won't have two episodes out a week until I, until the sickness is gone and until I have everyone booked in um, as I as I need to. I just have to make sure I have everybody booked in. I don't want to miss any stories. And I also know that there is a lot of people that I need to get back to um, who have submitted their stories. And everyone, I share everybody's stories. So don't think that I'm not going to. I'm just finding it hard to motivate myself to get stuck into things again but you're you will 100% get the opportunity have the opportunity to share your story and I can't wait to listen to every story anyway I'll stop going on I had a lovely chat with Gillian last week who talked me through her two births the births of her sons James and Patrick she had to her first experience um she mentions that she wasn't really prepared for what was ahead as in birth wise and she also was surprised about how difficult post her postpartum experience was or postpartum is in general um and then her little boy came very quickly so she was told with her second pregnancy that her baby was going to come quick and basically any sensations that she had she was to go to hospital straight away he did come quick very quickly um, and she knew herself and her body she remained calm she knew she had to stay focused uh, and she gave birth in the assessment area of the she then talks me through being diagnosed with postnatal anxiety and how she overcame that with the support of her husband and her GP um, and then we have a little chat at the end so I will let you enjoy Gillian's story and I will chat to you at the end of the episode um, so Gillian, uh, you're very welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. I'm delighted to sit down and have this chat with you. It's been, I know we booked this chat ages ago, so it's really nice to sit down um, and share your stories and listen to your story. So do you want to just give us a little introduction to you and your family and then we'll chat about your experiences? Yeah, um, my name is Gillian. I am living here in Trim County Mead uh, with my husband and our two sons. James and Patrick. There is 20 months between them and I'm staying at home to be a mom and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hard work but oh yeah. moments yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's some days Pierre comes home and I'm like take them. Other days I'm like I oh, know I had a lovely day. <laughs> so. It does it does balance itself out like when you have that good day or that moment in a bad day it feels really nice and really yeah. rewarding. Yeah. So do you want to talk us through your first um, your first experience with conception? So your first time conceiving your baby. So with James, we were married. And once we got married, I went off the pill. Um, I have been on it since I was 17. Okay. So I kind of just wanted to get off it anyway. And it wasn't that we were trying or not trying, but we had a big trip planned to go to Vietnam. And I said, I kind of don't want to get pregnant before that. But I said, if it happens, it happens, whatever. Um, so then we went to Vietnam and we said, oh, we'll try after Vietnam. But by the time we got home, we were. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, we knew after two or three weeks that I was like, I took a good few pregnancy tests and they were all coming up positive, positive. So then when I went to the doctor, I was like, well, um, 
such a negative experience but he was saying he was like why do you think you're pregnant and I was like well I just have the feeling I was like I don't know there's something in me he was a very young doctor and he was like okay we'll take a pregnancy test and he goes no you're not pregnant and like you know how you're all excited and hyped up and my whole face dropped I was like what I was like I was so excited um then he sent me for bloods and he rang me up and he was like yeah um if I was a betting man I'd say you're not pregnant and I was like but all my pregnancy tests are coming up home birth ones were coming up positive I felt it there was just I knew something and I was like um Pierre let's go to another doctor and I went to my old doctors and straight away he goes yeah you're pregnant he goes I don't know what test he did or what happened he goes you're pregnant so to really clarify when I was um when I was a teenager, I never had regular periods. It was always irregular. Nothing else wrong, like just irregular. So the doctor, the second doctor didn't know where I was in the cycle. So he sent okay. me for an early scan. And at six weeks, that was, and they all they could see was just the pregnancy sac. So they could tell me there, they were like, you are pregnant, just the baby's not. What's the word? I don't know. It's just a... You know, all you have is a pregnancy sack. So they were like, come back in two weeks and we'll see. So I got again two weeks later and yeah, there was a baby inside. So all that kind of, it was kind of up and down. And yeah. I was like, am I, am I not? Like that was the kind of annoying bit. Like the excitement, I was like, do I tell? Obviously I really wanted to tell my mom and dad because they were just about to go to Australia. And I was like, I can't wait till they're coming back in about, a month I was like I have to tell them so I was excited to find um when I did the eight weeks and they confirmed they were like yeah you were <laughs> and did you have apart from that feeling did you have any early pregnancy symptoms I was nauseous okay unbelievably nauseous but never sick never like so I was eating ginger nuts to save my life and I hate them now I cannot stand them and the, the funny thing is, my husband is ginger. So everybody's like, oh, you have a craving for ginger nuts. Oh, <laughs> of course they were. Terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids didn't turn out ginger. Um, so, no, that was just it. It was just nauseous. I, like, I tried all the different things, but ginger nut biscuits were the only thing that would kind of settle it. Yeah. <laughs> And how did your pregnancy progress? How did you feel then throughout the, the the latter stages of your pregnancy? And actually, were you the first amongst your friends to have a baby or was it other people around you that were pregnant and had newborns? I was the first. First, okay. I was kind of very naive as well. Like, um, my mom kind of, it was still taboo to, kind of, to her to tell me what was coming ahead. And like, she was like, Oh, you'll, it's just, it's tough. She didn't tell me what was tough. Like, was it yeah. the pregnancy, the birth, that? Like, I definitely didn't know about the after care. But, sorry, your question was the third trimester was, I got pelvic pains. So he, James was just pushing really down and he was a big baby. So they kept saying that to me. They were like, oh, you're just, it's relaxed all down there and he's pushing down. And I was like, great. So I could barely walk. Um, I work as a 
Montessori teacher so I was kind of always on my feet but yeah. then I was trying to sit down and then like I found you had to have a balance of sitting and standing like if you sat too much it was sore if you stood up too much so um kind of luckily lockdown happened there for the last month um James was born in April sorry so the last month I got to have where I could just be at home and relax and it was kind of a blessing in disguise yeah. for COVID now it was all the other stuff <laughs> the going to appointments then on my own was a bit hard because I'm I'm terrible at information or remembering anything like Peter would remember everything so like he, I'd come out with the appointments and they'd be like what did they say and I'm like oh, I can't remember and he's like oh will you just like write it down or call me or something so like even to tell you this first story I had to ask Peter like what happened with James like I feel like mm. it's just a fogged memory but I just I have to ask him he's like do you want me to come on <laughs> sorry do you want me to come on as a special guest so I was like no I'll, I'll try remember someone made <laughs> so, a really good sorry. point to me because I would be really bad at retaining information it's like when I meet someone new I have no idea what they're saying to me I can't remember their name or I can't even remember the conversation and someone said at these appointments it's a good idea to record the conversation obviously with mention it to the healthcare professional so you can then mm. listen back to it afterwards with like a clearer mind because I'd be quite similar like I can't tell you what I did yesterday or even earlier on today without really thinking about it so yeah. I'd, I'd be the same yeah so I was just kind of foggy at the end yeah so Poor Peter was missing out on all the information. I had to like straight away tell him or I'd forget it. Tell me, throughout your pregnancy, did you attend any classes obviously before lockdown? Um, okay, so I we were the last antenatal class to okay. happen before lockdown. And I do remember it was a Saturday full of really happy, excited mothers as should be. And then like we they were just really conscious about covid but they, it wasn't as serious or strict and stuff so we could talk to other moms and i like that and i kind of got to know they said they weren't going to show us a video of the birth that they would just talk us through it so i still wasn't 100% sure what was to come i don't think anyone on the first do they <laughs> But I'm glad I did get the antenatal class. Like, I think the week after we went into it, the big lockdown, nobody could move. So I am grateful I got to go to one. So do you want to talk me through your early signs of labour? So, I'm trying to think, 40, 40 weeks, I, James, this is what I mean, I have to appear, um, 40 weeks and four days. They went, they brought me in and they said, do you want to have a sweep? And I said, ah, oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. So I was like, yeah, okay. And the shock of my life. I tell everybody, um, because nobody told me, it is, if you're not ready for it, it is scary. I found it scary. Um, I just, she never told me what it was or anything. She just kind of did it. And I was like, oh, and all obviously I tensed up which makes it so much worse and I held my breath obviously making it way worse and I went home to Peter and I cried I was like that was so sore 
I was like, I don't think I can give birth. I don't think I can give birth. But he was like, you're fine, you're fine. So she did mention, she was like, you're going to have cramps and that's totally normal. And then it might just go away. And I was like, okay. So I went to bed that night and I was fine. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I kind of leaned over and I was like, here. Like, this is intense, whatever it is. And I went to the toilet and I'd lost my mucus plug. <laughs> and Pierre walked in. He was like, what is going on? <laughs> he shouldn't have walked in. Um, so kind of then all that day, it was coming and going. But one, I was nervous because it was COVID. So mm. I was like, I don't want to go to a hospital if, I don't, if I'm actually not in labor two they were like oh when you have your first baby there's all there's always what's the called Braxton Hicks or fake labor pain so I just spent the day at home going I think this is fake whereas Peter was like I'm packing the bag in the car we're going and I was like no 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 and eventually at one point I couldn't stand or even sit and Peter's like that's it get in the car so I rang the hospital and they were like yeah, um, you can come on in, but we'll have to check if this is labor because I was kind of calm, but okay. I was like, okay, I don't think this is it. I don't think it's it. So, rang in the hospital at eight, arrived up there at nine, and Peter had to wait outside um, because of COVID restrictions. And they were, so this is the MLU, it was the midwife led unit. So there was no doctors. It was very calm. I had my own room and the midwife checked me and she was like, yeah, just um, go to the bathroom there. And I went to the bathroom. I couldn't even sit on the toilet. I was like, this is tough. I was down on my all fours. It was the only way I could um, relax, but like wouldn't be as intense. If I was on all fours, I found it easier. So then she was like, okay, I'll finally check it. And I was, this was at 10 o'clock and they were like, yeah, you're five centimetres. Right. Do you want to call up your husband? Call up your husband. I was like, um, yes. I was like, I wanted him to come all the time. So then they were like, do you want a bath? And I was like, yeah, I'd love a bath. I kept actually asking for the bath. Every time I went to the antenatal um, appointments, I was like, can I have a bath? Can I? And they were like, yeah, yeah, you can have a bath. So I found the bath great for just, because James was such a big baby that he kind of lifted the weight off me. My back, I was able to relax a bit more. And then I was on gas and air. So whenever I was having contraction, I was on gas and air. And then I just handed Peter. But then I got the for uh, urge to push. And she was like, you have to get out of the bath. They don't have a birth bath yet. So I got out and... Um, I just I was it was getting more and more intense and I remember I was like I just want to go to sleep and they're like yeah but that's not an option <laughs> and they were asking me to try different positions I went on a birth stool I was like no uh, it definitely did not like being on my back like when I was not continuous monitored but like she would get me to lie on my back just to check the heartbeat and that was it and obviously how dilated I was I wasn't continuous I didn't have that machine on I don't know is that what's it called continuous yeah, yeah. I monitored and I preferred that because I didn't want to be 
stuck to the bed anyway. So I finished up with me on my knees over Peter's knees and like Peter was massaged my head. But once I had a contraction, he had to stop. Like, I was very, <laughs> very strict, but I wasn't shouting or giving out. But I was just like, I kind of was quiet. Peter said, like, you didn't okay. talk. You didn't want to look at anyone. You just wanted to. I was focused, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like um, so sorry I'm just I actually have notes yeah, that's, fine. that's brilliant yeah thank you I really like that <laughs> I, I can't remember so I have them all written down so that's why I keep looking down um so it sounds like you were really focused yeah yeah I was on Peter Gassner and then at one point the I did feel like big pressure and like I don't know what it was and then I went, oh, I'm too tired. And she goes, and then I felt it all just disappear. And she goes, the head was almost out. You just put it back in. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, next one, you have to push. So James actually came out and broke my water, okay. uh, which I never even thought that my water broke. I never, you know how you always think of it, the movies, and you're like, oh, the water breaks. Yeah. I never even thought how it never happened. So James broke it coming out with his, like, Superman, as they said. He had the hand out, pushing it through. And James was put straight on me. Or I did ask. I'm very, um, what's the word? I don't like blood. So I asked. I did say that to the midwife of my birth family. I was like, can you just wipe him down or wipe the baby? I didn't know he was a he. And then I'd love skin to skin. So I got skin to skin. And then the delayed cord cut, it was all of my birth plan. They were really good to follow it. And they questioned me and Peter while I was in labor to make sure like everything was going the way I wanted it to go. So I was really happy with that. And how did you feel then when he was up on your chest? In shock. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get that like overwhelming joy that I hear a lot of moms do I felt like I was like did I just give birth to him I I just was in shock um so I remember then they were like okay you need to give birth to the placenta and I don't really remember that and then it's a blur after that I hemorrhaged uh Peter was given the baby given James and I was put on a bed then doctors and nurses came all around Peter said he was terrified he'd just seen that there was blood everywhere and I was shaking my whole body went into shock I was I couldn't stop it and all these nurses were trying to talk to me and I just feel like I was in a blur zone it feels like a dream it didn't feel real and they obviously controlled this and everything was fine and then I got James oh I do remember looking over at Peter and I said Peter take off your top and he was like what and I was like skin to skin skin to skin I'm like that's the only thing for all the nurses and doctors around me like Peter was a bit nervous about taking off his top and I was like you need to do skin to skin oh yeah the shock the then I had to get stitches um so I do remember hearing James cry in the background but I was kind of 
um, high on gas and air at this stage that I was like, I could hear it, but I couldn't see him. And I could hear Peter talking, but I couldn't see him. They were just around a corner. But I was like, why? What's happening? I, it just, it was weird. So I apparently lost two pints of blood. Sorry. Okay. Two pints. And then I did, I didn't need a blood transfusion, thankfully. Um, and they kept checking my iron, iron levels. They were pretty low, but by the time I was leaving, they had gone up. So I was there for, they gave us about an hour to be together with the baby on our own. And even that, like you're busy texting all the family because we never told anyone I was even in labor. Okay. I didn't want anyone constantly texting me. I didn't tell. It was just me and Peter. I wanted it to be our moment. I didn't want people ringing. Did you have it yet? I didn't. Or the fact that I didn't think I was in labor. I didn't want to get anyone excited. So that hour we just spent texting. Oh, and I did. Sorry, I breastfed James. So as soon as I got him, then the midwife helped me bring him to. The nipple and I breastfed him. So that hour we had together, it didn't feel like long. And then I was sent to the postnatal ward and Peter was gone. And I just felt so alone because I was kind of throwing a baby and I didn't know. I've obviously never breastfed before. I've never held a newborn. Um yeah, I just and then uh, with COVID, all the mams, we were all alone, but at the same time, we didn't talk to each other. We were all lonely in ourselves. Like, I remember being told, you have to stay an extra night just to check your irons. And I cried. I was like, I just want to be with Peter or like someone to talk to or just to hold the baby for a second because I was scared to keep aging like to go bathroom and then anytime I did go I was kind of still hemorrhaging a bit so there was a blood burst every now and again I moved so I didn't I felt like I just should stay in the bed so I got my tea and toast but it was cold <laughs> I was very disappointed um I heard all about this tea and toast and when I got it it was cold um, because they had to keep checking me for my bloods and blood pressure and everything. So, um, I stayed two nights, and you know, the second night of cluster feeding, I just felt like I was constantly up feeding them, but not trying to put them down, and then he'd wake again. So, like every mom, it was lonely or hard, but. The day I got to bring him home was great. Um, I cried when I seen Peter. Then we drove to both our sets of parents. No, we weren't supposed to. Um, and let them look in the window to see James. Because this was both their first grandchild. Sorry, in Ireland. My parents have another one. And... It was just, I was delighted to get home to my own bed, to have Peter to help me. And that was another bonus with COVID was Peter was home because yeah. we were in a lockdown. So I had all the help and it was great. It was just the sense of I still wanted my mom, that I wanted 
her to help me. But I must say, the positive of it all was I got Peter home all that time. And that was James. And so earlier on, you mentioned that uh, like people don't tell you that it's like what specifically is hard about pregnancy and birth and especially the postpartum stage. So did you find postpartum difficult? I found postpartum difficult with James physically. It was the stitches, the tenderness, the the first poo that yeah. no one tells you about. Or I didn't know about that either. As much as I researched and tried to um, be prepared, I don't know, some, I obviously missed out on a lot of that or that my mom wouldn't tell me. The baby blues that I got like a few days later it was just a horrible song over the place and it was mainly the the physical because I had stitches the yeah it was all that that I didn't know I just thought it was you give birth and that was it there was no other pain after that but I found the postpartum hard so I tell a lot of my friends then if they have kids I was like I found the hardest part was the afterbirth, mm-hmm. not the afterbirth, uh, the postpartum recovery. But everybody's different, I suppose. And how did the first couple of months um, look for you as a as a mum for the first time round during lockdown? I suppose. And did you have? I don't know. I can't even remember the start of the lockdown. But was your mum able to come and help? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Do you at all? No. No. Um, she could look in her window. Um, How did you she... find that? I found that really, I didn't even want them to come to the window because it was it would upset me that I, they could come come in. I don't know. I I guess it was just what well, had to be the normal then. Yeah. It was just it look in the window, advanced to they could stand in the hall, then they yeah. advanced to they could hold them with a mask, and then they could hold them. It took ages. And like this was their first grandchild they could hold. And it was sad for them as well as me. Like of I course. all I wanted was them to hold them. But we had the bond that Peter and James got from them once he was here was unbelievable. And then it was just the negative was nobody else could be here to have. We'd go for walks and they'd walk alongside us. I just, it's crazy to think of what it was. Yeah. I, I, I haven't thought about this in a while. Crazy how scared we were. And yeah do you remember crossing like crossing the road if someone was walking on the same yeah do you remember that yeah or going for walks like I'd always be like here move over move over you're too close to the people and And no one said hello to each other oh yeah it's terrible but yeah I'm glad it's over (laughs) um so with Patrick because I thought that was crazy how I didn't have help. I did. Like all that lockdown madness. I was like, we're not having a kid till COVID's well and truly over. Yeah. And Peter was kind of like, oh, I'd like another one. And I was like, yeah. I was like, do you have to give birth? <laughs> no, they don't really have a say. <laughs> um, so I, when I was after James, the doctor just briefly said to me, what do you do for contraception? And I said, oh, I think I might go back on the pill. She goes, all right, okay, signed off the pill, sent me on my way. I took the pill. But what I found was my, I had such terrible mood swings. I had gone back to work and I just felt not myself at all. And I got talking to a girl I work with and she said, she goes, sometimes it can be the pill after having a baby that your hormones are kind of up and down and everywhere so I went off the pill and let's say one night in Peter were like oh let's just risk it that happened it happens risk it and babies happen so the early signs of Patrick was it was weird I've never heard this before but like my knees and ankles were kind of sore and I went to my boss and I was like I find work really hard I was like the I feel really stiff and stuff and she's like go to the doctor and I was like 
yeah, I think I will. And I went home that day and I told Peter and Peter goes, well, just do pregnancy tests so we can just rule out pregnancy. And I was like, okay. So I really didn't think I was pregnant. And Peter came down and goes, the pregnancy test, I don't know what it was, said no. But then a minute later, it said yes. Peter came down with it and goes, it says you are pregnant. I was like, what? Oh, it must have been the strips. Sorry, this is what I mean. I don't remember. Um, he was how did you feel? Me, so I, Sorry, how did you feel when you realised you were? Yeah. <gasps> in shock because, like I said, I didn't want to have another baby during COVID, yeah. all this pandemic. But at the same time, I was happy, obviously. I wanted another because James was such a lovely baby. I was like... I'd like love another if it's as good as James. <laughs> um, so I actually got signed off for work because at the time I wasn't vaccinated, and because I worked with young kids and children with autism, we didn't wear a mask, and I was really scared of getting COVID because all these things were coming up that what affects COVID when you were pregnant. So I got signed off. So which was a blessing because I could nap <laughs> when James napped. Yeah. I was that tired with a toddler. So there's 20 months between them. Sorry. So at the time I was pregnant, was a year and a bit. And uh, yeah, so I was wrecked looking after him and then I could nap when he did. So the perks I got signed off. <laughs> um, I did go back to work eventually. So. Um, it was just the first trimester it was nauseous and tiredness so I didn't know if the tiredness was because of James or because I was pregnant mm. Um, then because the restrictions were kind of on and off I know a lot of people I was signing petitions here and there and everywhere Peter was at the time able to come to the 12 and 20 week scan so we I was happy he was able to come, but I was told because I hemorrhaged on James that I wouldn't be allowed to go back to the MLU, which I was upset about because I loved the relaxed atmosphere it was. And like you could have mood lighting, I could have a bath, I could play music. They, play, they gave me incense of peppermint. It was lovely. And um, I kept asking, do you have something like this in the consultant led? And they were like, yeah, we have a room that you could go to and has the exact same as the MLU. And I was like, okay. So they told me the room number and I was like, okay, remember the room number while I'm in labor. And I told Peter, like, you remember it. But of course you don't remember that thing. <laughs> Um, I didn't get pelvic pain with Patrick. Um, luckily, um, he wasn't as big as James, and all I kept being told by every appointment and every time I seen the doctor was, "Your labour was fast. It's going to be faster." They're like, "You have to have a plan in place," and I was like, "It was kind of scaring me." Yeah. They were saying that so much. They were, um, they were like, um. 
I was like, all I was thinking was, I don't want it in the car. I don't want it in the ambulance. I don't want to have to go to the guard station. So I was really scared of that, but I was fine. <laughs> um, what was the I distance between um, where you live and the hospital? 40 minutes. Okay. So it's not too bad, but depending on obviously the time of day, like yeah. you could be going at school pickups, dropped off. So I was like trying to think of everything. But So what did they tell you? Do they give you the green light to basically come in whenever you felt anything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were like, you, you've just gone through it. They're like, you know what it's like. So the week, it was obviously the 40 week checkup. She asked, she was like, would you like a sweep? And at this stage, I was just wrecked. I was like, I was like yeah, give me the sweep. So this time I was more prepared of what it was. I was relaxed. I, the midwife talked to me and was like, oh, what age is your son? And I was able to talk. I was able to breathe. And I didn't think it was as bad as the first time so I had the sweep and I went home and I was like oh is this labor but it was Braxton Hicks when I have to question it was what I was told by the midwife if you question whether it's labor it's not labor (laughs) so she was like if you can't breathe or stand that means um you're in labor so the whole week like we had it planned like my mom was always on call for James but the week after that sweep James stayed out with my mom and dad's I'm so lucky to have them that he'd stay there but I'd spend the whole day there as Peter went to work so I could spend time with James because I felt like it hit me then I was like oh my god this is the last time it's gonna be just me and James mm. so I'd spend the whole day there and like I'd be upset leaving him I was like bye next time I see him I could have the baby and so I think it was four or five nights like I kept getting these obviously Braxton Hicks but I was like Are they, this could be early labor I don't know who was early labor Braxton Hicks I have no, no idea so day five I was like Peter like these the pains are happening every five minutes and he was like oh do you think they are and I was like no no I think I'll just go have a have a bath and you go on out he was supposed to be meeting his friends who had come over from America and I was like go on you can meet them and they were like how's Gillian he was like well we think she's in labor and they're like why are you here and I was like and Peter was telling me like should I come home and I was like no I think I'm okay and then I was like no actually maybe come home so he drove me to the hospital and I was being assessed and she was like, she had the continuous thing on my belly and she was like, like, you're having a contraction there. I can see it on the monitor. And I was like, I feel fine. I was like, I don't feel that at all. And she was like, it's just, she was like, I can't get, the baby keeps moving. She's like, I can't get a continuous heartbeat to kind of sign you off. And I was like, so I was there for an hour. And obviously Patrick was just kept moving and they couldn't find him. Um getting comfortable or being pushed out. I don't know what he was doing. And she was like, Do you want to stay in or do you want to go home? And I was like, Well, can Peter come in? And she goes, No. Because there was at the time restrictions were kind of 
weird. I didn't know when he was allowed or not allowed. So he was waiting in the car. Like, was it happening? Was it not? And I went, I walked out and he was like, so what happened? I was like, oh, I'm in labor, but I don't feel it. And he was like, okay. So we went home. And the next night, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I was like, Pierre, or no, I didn't even wake Pierre yet. I was like, oh, this is, this, this feels like it. And I waited to see myself. I was like, yeah, that was five minutes. Oh, now it's two, three minutes. And then I was like, okay, I better wake up Pierre. I was like, here, it's time to go. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. And he ran downstairs and he was like, do I have time to have a coffee? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it was really late. And I was like, yeah, have a coffee. And then I went, and Pierre goes, doesn't look like I have time for a coffee. He's like, let's go. So we got in the car and like that 40 minutes, I think it was 30 minutes because <laughs> we were terrified. Yeah. I was going to have it in the car. Um, got to the hospital at four o'clock and they were, I, I was in the assessment room. So the midwife was like, oh, um, do you want to just go get me a urine sample? But I had gone past the, the opportunity of giving a urine sample. I was pooing and I couldn't okay. even stand. I couldn't even sit in the toilet. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't feel right. So I went out to her and I was like, I gave her a trinkle of a sample of pee. And she was like, OK, we'll try again in a few minutes. And I was like, I actually don't think there's going to be a few minutes. And she was like, OK, do you want to get up on the bed there? And I'll just check that monitor. And I was like, I can't lie down. I was like, I just can't. And she was like, OK, I'll try to do it around your belly there. And I knelt down and I was like, no, I'm having a baby. And she was like, OK, um, I'll have to check you, though. And um, I, I remember because obviously with James, my water broke when he came out. And I was like, yeah. OK, I was like, something's after happening there and she goes yeah your water just broke and I was like okay and I was like I was so in the zone of trying to get my breathing right I had no gas in air and I was like okay just relax so I was like you can do it and at one stage I had to go when can my husband come up and she goes oh you can ring him there so we were there at four o'clock I rang him at ten past four and I was like get up here and he's like, okay, at 20 past four, Patrick was born. I just had the urge to push. Like, she never even got to check to see if I dilated. I was like, no, I know I'm about to have this baby. I knelt over the bed. Um, I gave birth to him on my knees. So she had to catch him behind. And she said, she was like, we didn't, like, I didn't get it to the labor ward, uh, a labor delivery suite. She was like, all I had was a pair of gloves to catch Patrick. And at the time, she was obviously behind me. And she was like, what? Do you want to know what you had? Or like, what the baby is? And I was like, no. And I cried. And I was like, my husband's supposed to tell me. And she was like, OK, but do you not seriously not want to know? And I was like, no, I just want my husband. And then I went, actually, what is it? <laughs> and she's like, it's a boy. And I was like, oh, my God. So she was like, get up on the bed. So I got up on the bed then because I didn't obviously have a baby weighing me down. I didn't mind. And got my skin skinned. They didn't rub him down. There was a lot of blood and poo on him. 
but I didn't mind at that stage. I was just like, I can't believe this happened. I so Peter, Peter came in and the midwife was going out the door. Obviously a second one. And she goes, oh, there's a surprise in there for you. And he was like, okay. And he walked in and I was like, I'm sorry, I had the baby. And he was like, it's okay. And he's like, what is it? And I was like, it's a boy. <laughs> and I, I was just so emotional that he had missed it. Obviously, Pierre didn't want to see the pain or the blood and all that. He was just happy to see the baby and me okay. But I was just like, I can't believe you missed it. <laughs> But like it was all 20 minutes really yeah. like it was just so quick so he was on me skin skin then they were like we'll move you to a labor suite and so I was being wheeled around <laughs> like legs out the placenta was still in me so the cord I wanted to delay cord cutting again so we went to the labor suite and Peter got to cut it and they were like token at it they were like oh it's not really ready to come out yet and I was like well do you want me to breastfeed that usually helps doesn't it and she was like yeah yeah go ahead so I did and then I was able to give birth to the placenta and this time I didn't hemorrhage so I was happy they actually had me hooked up to oxytocin ready because they were afraid they were had a plan in place like that I wouldn't hemorrhage again so I had oxytocin and yeah, I'm trying to think there. So how did, I've spoken to someone else who had a precipitous birth and she said, I know a lot of people think, oh great, geez, you had the baby so quick, but it doesn't feel like that necessarily for the mother who's just given birth. It can be really shocking and not necessarily like the experience that you would like envisage. So how did you feel afterwards in the, the following hours I would have liked it to be like what James was where I felt relaxed and I was in a bath and all I suppose birth plans don't always go your way Um, I felt it happened really quick and I didn't not you enjoy birth to be honest but I did get that moment I wanted I don't know and I wanted Peter to be there it was just yeah that that's what I kind of wanted the most was like I know the midwives they're great and she went to touch me at one stage to like calm me down and like I was like don't touch me and she never went <laughs> near me after that to obviously to catch Patrick as she said but I would just like Peter's been there and yeah just more of an experience it was all just very quick and did you need stitches yeah. second time around? Yeah. So by the time I went to the labour suite and I had to give birth to the placenta, it was sore and kind of raw down there yeah. that I was on gas and air just to help me relax because it happened so quick with Patrick. Obviously, didn't really think of it. It just I started pushing and he was out. Um, it was the thoughts then of the placenta. I was like, of pushing this out so gas and air helped and with the stitches gas and air as well there was a lot of blood and who they were like do you want to have a shower and I was like I can't even move I was like I'm too sore down there and they were like do you want somebody to bath you 
or bade you wash you down and I was like okay I never gave eye contact it was so awkward I was like and I kept saying thank you to her I was like thank you and thank you and she was like it's fine it's fine I was like oh my god um I just couldn't move from the bed but the room I was in was the room they kept telling me to ask for Ah, that was going to be like the MLU room so I was like well this is the room I could have been in and I was like if Patrick didn't want to come so quick like all I was thinking afterwards, like that's in an assessment room. So I was there the night before and there was a girl beside me in the bed being assessed at the same time. Luckily, no one else came in that time because I just gave birth there that they would have walked in. And yeah, if that was their first baby to see that, me giving birth. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was just, yeah, I got stitches it was a bit sore. Peter could stay a bit longer, which was also nice. They offered him tea and toast because it's so dramatic for him. <laughs> and he, oh, he walked me down to the postnatal ward. So even that I didn't have with James. Yeah. And he was like, do I stay? Do I go? And I was like, oh, no. I was like, it's not really fair because the other moms don't have their partners. At the time, you could only stay till nine, I think. So I was like, here you better go. So, yeah, I was a bit more comfortable. Like, I was able to sit up with my knees crossed while I was breastfeeding. Like, with James, I was so scared to move because anytime I moved, blood would come out. Whereas Patrick, I was like, oh, it's fine. I didn't lose as much. So I was a bit more comfortable. So I was only um... there. Yeah, I was going to say, when did you get home? I was only there a day okay, and came home. I did ask. I don't know if they offered that I go home. See, it happened in the middle of the night, so 12 o'clock. I was there. Yeah, I stayed an extra night, I suppose, because he was born in the middle of the night. Then I stayed another night. They asked, did I want to go home? And I said, I'd rather stay one more night just yeah. to spend time just me and Patrick before. Yeah, I had exactly. to go home to James. So, yeah, I only there two nights. And, and what did it, the postpartum early days look like for you? That did you feel? Obviously, you didn't feel the same discomfort. Um, but how did you feel adjusting to being a mom of two? I found adjusting to mom of two was tough. Um, the balance. It was just the balance between Patrick and James, like. Obviously, you have to give Patrick a lot of attention. But once he was asleep, I'd give James attention. So I was exhausted. And lockdown and restrictions were all pretty much gone. This was April 2022. So, um, April, sorry, February 2022, Patrick was born. Um, Peter had gone back to work. So I was kind of on my own with the two boys. Um, my mom and dad had gone to Australia again <laughs> so I did have my in-laws but you do go back to your mom you always yeah. want your mom so it was hard just to just given because I felt bad for James he wasn't getting the attention but also Patrick's a newborn so I had to but I did eventually find the balance was it like four or five months in <laughs> and that was another thing nobody told me is it can be hard and then 
my self mentally it was hard um I didn't know what was wrong with me I wasn't myself and Pierre Pierre was getting the blunt blunt brunt of it is that the word mm-hmm. was getting the worst of it I would lash out at Peter and Peter was like you have to talk to someone and I was like there's nothing wrong I was like nothing. so I went to the doctor and I kind of explained what was happening and she was like yeah you've postpartum anxiety and I was like oh right I never understood what anxiety was that's why I didn't know what I had so she said it was common because I had two babies kind of fast and yeah it just happens with hormones as well she's like you're taking on too much and she said you need to ask for help and that was a big thing for me I don't like asking for help Mm. I was like dear my kids I felt like I'm the mom I have to do everything so I had to slowly ask Peter to more like here was doing loads it was just I had to do it my way and he wasn't doing it fast enough or doing it the way I wanted to so I had to kind of just step back and go okay Pierre can do these things I can relax Patrick was bottle fed so it wasn't a lot of pressure on me to breastfeed him and I could be more comfortable spend time with James or getting out for walks on my own that I didn't have to worry about coming back to breastfeed so yeah it was just a real eye-opener I didn't realize that was another thing like I heard of postpartum depression and I was like I don't feel depressed I just feel like if we were going anywhere I'd be so anxious Mm. and like if the boys cried I'd be like oh my god oh my god I have to come to my head now or if something wasn't packed, I'd ha- I'd have to go home. I was just like, I can't, like I couldn't just let it go. Like I wouldn't be an anxious person any other time. So I did get antidepressants and a big change, more relaxed, and I asked for a lot more help. Like I talked to my family about it, and I said. Um, if I feel worked up I won't ask for help but maybe if you just look at my face as like you can tell and just take James and bring him outside or take Patrick just for a few minutes like what I find hardest is having the two if I just have one I can bear it whereas um, the two of them crying and needing their mom was my I found the hardest so I was glad I could talk to my family about it and Peter and some of my friends so I could say I need help but I don't like asking for help so it was hard but I'm getting better yeah it is hard it's super hard (laughs) and even those pockets just your example there of just going outside like if Sean comes home because I would be I find having two children really overwhelming I don't know how people can have more than two because it just blows my mind having two. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm like, two, we're done. I can't. Yeah. And if all I need from Sean is just, I need to go upstairs and just maybe scroll on my phone for 
10, 15 minutes, just not be around them. And then I come back and I'm fine. And I'm yeah. chilled out again. I just need that those few minutes away or just just to literally just go for a walk around the estate. That's all I need. And it just gives you a breather. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm there with you with the finding two, like 20 kids. <laughs> Feels like I'm 20 and it's only two. <laughs> I know. Oh, and like, that's why I look back at like years ago. How did I've no Irish idea. families have so many kids? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Cora. Actually, I feel more relaxed. I thought I was going to be really anxious about telling the story, but I feel a lot better. Good. You did a great job. Good. Thank you. Deadly. Go to bed. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed my chat with Gillian. I have tagged her in the show notes as well and also in the Instagram post that I popped up on the page on Sunday, uh, yesterday. If you would like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. Just get in touch over the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie. Click on the Share Your Stories tab and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Have a good week. I hope everyone stays well and I will chat to you hopefully next week with a brand new episode. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.